Good morning, everyone. I'm Reverend Wendy Silvers, and you have arrived at the Awakened Mother podcast. You are in the right place if you would like to hear raw, uncensored, unfiltered, honest dialogue from awakened visionary leaders, spiritual teachers, moms in everyday life, professionals like scientists and doctors and lawyers and luminaries, you are here at the Awakened Mother podcast. And my intention and commitment to you is to continually bring information, inspiration, and support to the path of mothering and acknowledging all of the spiritual mothers that are out there, because it is a really important uh, it is a really important path to hold that mantle of mothering. So today you are in for a real treat because I'm just so delighted to, I mean, I love all the guests that that are with me. And um, my guest today in particular is very special. We've known each other for 20 years. We met at the Agape International Spiritual Center and, uh, and where... Uh, where we are, um, where we were practitioners, and uh, and it was just my my joy to actually um, meet Stephanie. So committed to the birth work and to mothers and to the path of uh, parenting, and so we have counseled and coached each other. We've we've marched together. We've laughed. We've cried and. Above all, we really celebrate one another's successes. And uh, it's a really beautiful experience to be with another woman and another mother who genuinely, we genuinely want our highest and greatest good to unfold. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Stephanie Dawn. Stephanie Dawn is a mother, a radical detox goddess and the founder of Sacred Birthwork. A longtime birth rights and health freedom activist, she is an advocate and coach for women's empowerment in birth, business, and wellness. A breast cancer thriver, she recently launched the program Radiant Living, Four Keys to Healing Cancer Naturally, an alternative to transform illness and empower wellness. Mm. What a just what a fabulous experience you are in for today. So just buckle up and open your hearts and your minds and uh, and help me welcome to the stage, Stephanie Dawn. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Wendy, for that intro. It's a joy to be here with you. I love you. I adore you. I have for a very long time. And, you know, there's just so much that we do together that I love, you know, we just our hearts are linked and I really, I love the stand that you are for women and for families, um, for children. And I think that's really our greatest connection, you know, mm -hmm. is that, that um, the care, the care that we have for uh, what we see unfolding in the world around us right now for our children. So. Yes. Well yeah. said. Well said. I, I, I have been, guided, I was guided back in 2015, 2016, to begin offering programs that were uh, suited to cultivating the awakening in mothers and spiritual mothers um, who 
really were catching a different vision of the world that was being presented to them. And I do believe that you and I have a very special, I want to say soul calling. It's a soul call to really empower uh, mothers and women to step into their highest and greatest potential mm-hmm. in a world that seemingly strives to diminish and dismiss mm-hmm. that God goddess given innate essence. Yeah. 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 Watching and beholding what has been unfolding uh, in particular in California since 2015 has been uh, just uh, uh, filled with dismay. And uh, you and I um, really have gone through uh, your journey of healing the appearance of cancer naturally. And I would so love if you would please share what what that's been like for you, what you've done, how it impacted your your mothering and your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great questions. Uh, well, it was a shock. You know, two and a half years ago, I received the diagnosis and uh, stage three tumors in both breasts, and I was totally shocked. You know, I thought I was healthy, and I'd been. Um, take, I'd taken a deep dive into the health world for the three years leading up to the diagnosis. So that's why it was really shocking. Cause I've been deeply committed to cleansing as you know, and really cleaning up my diet. And, uh, sadly it wasn't enough. What we know now is that tumors take a, like almost a decade to grow. And so, um, this tumor, uh, one of the tumors in my, in my, my breast had been, um, uh, it had been, growing for a really long time. And so, uh, I received the breast cancer diagnosis and, um, I, you know, went down the allopathic road briefly (laughs) for, um, uh, for the initial diagnosis and some of the testing and all that, Wendy, and then pretty quickly pivoted to, um, an alternative healing path. I've never, I haven't really been one to just be all in with allopathy, um, going back to my childhood. And I, um, you know, I had epilepsy for many years as a young girl. And I do believe that the epilepsy that I experienced from the ages of 17 to 14 was caused by uh, the trigger of a vaccine up in Canada. Cause I know that there was mercury in the vaccines up there. I can't, you know, absolutely say for certain, this is what caused the epilepsy, but it just came out of the blue. And that was the only thing that was unusual that was going on in my life is that I was receiving, you know, these, um, so-called health injections. And so I, um, I made the determination to heal my body naturally. And I, uh, made the decision with my family to go to Tijuana, Mexico, to an amazing anti-cancer facility called hope for cancer. And that was an, that was an incredible experience, you know, as a mother who, you know, how much time it takes to, <laughs> to parent and to run a home and to work in your business and to, you know, work in your community and all the things that mothers do. Uh, I went, I effectively went to Tijuana for three weeks, Wendy, and I was cared for more than I've ever been cared for in my life. 
I was fed three gorgeous organic meals a day. I had two nurses tending to me morning and night. And um, I was having, you know, uh, intravenous uh, vitamin C and um, all kinds of amazing intravenous. I did anti-cancer protocols all day, every day for seven days a week, three days, you know, for three weeks. And it was remarkable um, for several reasons. I met people from all over the world. So I loved that. And many, for many of them, it was their last hope. Mm. Stage four, they'd gone down the allopathic road. They'd done chemo. They'd done all the things and they still had the cancer. So for me, it was my first hope. And I'm grateful that that was my, that my first choice because here I am two and a half years later and um, I'm thriving. I'm living life. I'm showing up in service. I'm able to parent my boys. You know, I'm able to do my work and, and be a beneficial presence on the planet, which is of course what we're here to do. So um, how this choice affected my parenting I would like to speak to that because as you know, Wendy, I had to make some really difficult decisions and uh, some of those difficult decisions involve my children. I had been living in Los Angeles, California for many, many years, several decades. And I made the decision after the diagnosis to leave Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I was in a, I was in a separation with my, um, my husband and there was no signs of reconciliation at all. And you'd think that maybe things might get better <laughs> when an ex finds out they have cancer, but that was not the case. It did not get better. And I was just like, wow, I, I just, I just need to go. Like, I need to go. I need to take myself away. I need to go to nature. I need to go be with my family that was very loving and supportive. And so I left. Um, October 31st, 2019, I got on my little broomstick <laughs> and I uh, came to Bainbridge Island, Washington, and my children remained uh, in California with my ex. And that was a really, really, really hard decision. Um, here's what I had to do. And I think this is really hard for so many women. I had to prioritize me. I had to prioritize my life and my wellness. And I knew that I couldn't stay in this acrimonious relationship. Um, you know, I'm just, I just moved like two minutes away from my ex so that the boys could just go back and forth in the same condo village. And um, it, I loved that they were that close to me. And when I realized that this was not getting better, the relationship, you know, it, it wasn't, it, it definitely, there was no hope of reconciliation at all. But when I saw that he wasn't able to be decent and civil and kind um, to me, knowing what had just been, you know, I'd just been diagnosed with, I was like, yeah, this isn't going to fly for me. So it's almost like the gauntlet came down, Wendy, in terms of what I would let in and what I wouldn't let in going forward for my healing journey. And so you know, it's very emotional, very, very hard um, departure to leave LA, but I knew that it was the right thing to do. Uh, I got signs all around that it was the right thing to do um, from God and the external world. And, um, 
And since then, you know, when my kids come up here to see me, which they do often, they get to leave the concrete jungle and they get to come into nature and forest bathe with me, you know, and be surrounded by family. And so I come down there often. I'm, I'm coming down on Friday, you know, so we're back and forth all the time, my boys and I, and we're working it out, you know, we're working it out. And I'm, I show up for them as often as I possibly can via FaceTime and texting and phoning and all of that. And uh, yeah. It's, it's perfectly imperfect, you know? Yes, that, that's a very potent teaching from parenting in terms of choosing me. I, I, I choose me. I remember many years ago before I was a mom, but always, you know, that desire to, to birth, a, you know, to be a mom and, and, and still engaged in mothering as I was. I mean, ironically, the name Wendy means mother of all lost little boys or lost children, right? Wendy from Peter Pan. Right. And, uh, and you know, I mean, I was lost myself and had my own journey of coming home to myself in, in my earlier years. And I had a counselor um, who said to me, are you willing to hold on to yourself and risk losing everything and everyone in order to hold on to yourself. So that's a pretty extreme uh, doctrine to live by, or you know, philosophy to live by. And yet, I, uh, you know, from from when she said that to me, and it was many years ago, I remembered thinking, you know, just in the in the granular, like in my little family, but then also in the bigger picture the people in my life, you know, who am I surrounding myself with? What, what, what am I allowing in? What, like you said, what do I allow in? Yeah. And I can only imagine when faced with a life altering uh, situation, a health challenge like cancer, the cancer journey to choose yourself and to step away from a toxic relationship so that you can tonify your body temple and really focus on the relationship with your children because it's not healthy for kids to be in a toxic no. in a toxic situation and children often feel like they have to choose mm-hmm. one parent over the other that they're betraying you know if they are kind and loving to one they're betraying the other and and so it's a whole mixed bag yeah you know, so you chose you, you chose life instead of not life. And what's fascinating to me is I interviewed and I saw this documentary uh, called, I interviewed the director of a documentary called Boobs, the War on Women's Breasts. And I learned about, I mean, I stopped using a mammogram years ago, but I learned what you said about the tumors growing for years before and how the mammogram only picks up the tumor after it's grown Mm -hmm. and how it can spread it by pushing the tissue and the biopsies. And so you went partial allopathic, Mm -hmm. but will you share with the listening audience what you did along your journey and what you were told last year and then recently a couple months ago. 
I think it's. <laughs> yeah, I will. Thanks for the question. Um, <clears throat> so, so what I did was, uh, so I went to an oncologist in uh, Cedar Sinai in Los Angeles, and she wanted to put me on chemotherapy and estrogen blockers yesterday. And I was like, no, thanks. I'm going to Tijuana. So um, I, um, what I used the allopathic uh, paradigm for was the biopsies, which in retrospect, I wished I hadn't done that because they were heinous. And I don't wish anyone go through that. They injected my breast breasts five times on each breast to get five different samples. So they go into the same injection site five times. It's horrendous. And they did the exact same thing with my lymph, lymph um, with my lymphatic, um, the little area where there was cancerous tumors, supposedly. And now consequently under my armpit, there's like this huge scar, this huge bulbous scar with the scar tissue all around it. And they, they implant these little titanium rice kernels, like they're tiny little like rice, like they're not made of rice, but they're the size of a rice kernel for them, for the next time that they need to do a, um, a test, they can see the titanium marker. Right. So I did all that. And, um, and then I told her I was going to, to Tijuana and she said, well, how, you know, what do you want to do with me then? And I was like, well, I'd like to hold your hand while I, I'd like to do both. I'd like to straddle, you know, the allopathic world with this alternative experience that I'm going to have. And she had no interest in knowing what it was that I was going to be doing in Mexico at all. And I pretty, I pretty much saw immediately, Wendy, that it, it like, you know how it's Reverend Michael calls it paradigm blindedness. Yes. Like she couldn't even conceive of what it was that I was going to be experiencing down there because she was so steeped in her allopathic oncological world. Right. It's like, it's all about chemotherapy. It's all about radiation. It's all about surgery. That's the only world. Right. I check out of Cedar Sinai for my next appointment and there's a bowl of candy there. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> Sugar feeds cancer. So it was just, it was so bizarre. The whole experience was so bizarre. And that's when I started feeling like I'm in a machine, like I'm in a machine. This is not a humanistic machine. This is, this is something else. And so that's when I really, really started going much deeper into how did we get here? How did we get to this allopathic or just allopathy? How did we get here? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, you know, my, my, my research went far deeper, but I'll just, I'll table that for a moment and say that what I did in Tijuana and what I've continued to do all these years is I started doing um, heat therapies. So infrared sauna um, and, uh, uh, you know, far infrared, near infrared saunas. Uh, there was something in, in Mexico called the pizza oven, which you kind of like insert yourself into this dome and it raises your temperature to about 104 for 45 minutes. You just sweat, 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 sweat. So it's just like forcing a fever. And that's how we detox, right? It's, we sweat when we, when we detox, um, when we sweat, we detox. 
And so everything in Tijuana was about detoxing and nourishing, detoxing and nourishing. And so I went through light therapies, um, a whole, there's these amazing, like, uh, light pads. And I would hold the light onto my breasts, or I'd go into this amazing, uh, container, <laughs> this bed, a light bed where it would come over like that. And I'd have these goggles on and I'd be, you know, receiving light for 20 minutes, you know, it's so cool. And I just go into my meditations with my headphones on Wendy and, <laughs> and just tune out. Right. And just let the light work. It's, you know, work its magic on me. Yeah. And I did, um, PEMF pulse electromagnetic frequency, um, which kind of, you know, just kind of shocks the body a little bit to create, um, to bring energy and, 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 and blood, uh, into the areas around where the tumors were. And then, um, I did coffee enemas every single day. I did ozone treatments, um, daily as well. I did, uh, this really cool thing where they took out my blood they put it through, um, uh, ultraviolet light and then they put ozone in it and then they put it back into my body. <laughs> so wild stuff like that every day. And, um, it was, yeah, honestly, from morning until night, I was doing therapies all day for six weeks or for three weeks. And, um, I left that experience. And then what I endeavored to do once I left was, oh, I forgot to mention hyperbaric oxygen. So I did that as well. Mm. So daily and, you know, just uh, cancer can't live in an oxygenated body. So I had been living in a very, um, uh, sort of, I was a coach, right. I was a business coach. So I was sitting all the time. And I wasn't, I wasn't paying enough attention to the necessity to daily be moving my body. And so when we aren't oxygenating our body, when we're not moving our body in the blood and lymphatic system, isn't moving daily, it's a problem. It's a serious problem. So, you know, most cancer doctors, allopathic or um, naturopathic will say walk every day, you know, walk every day. So, um, the, I do endeavor to do that now. So all these lifestyle changes, I tried to bring up to the best of my ability to back to Los Angeles and then here up in the Pacific Northwest as well. And the biggest one of all though, was taking myself out of what was creating me the most stress, which was living in Los Angeles, you know, where you are, where you live is so important. Like that's the body is a temple and your home is a temple. So it, experiencing peace, you know, being at peace with where you live, that's so important. And I'd been sacrificing where I really wanted to be for my marriage and for my family for a long time. I'd wanted to leave LA for a really long time. And I, I, I didn't for my ex and for my kids. And so, uh, that was the biggest thing I think. And then changing my diet, like so many things left my diet, Wendy, um, here, here's what I was doing for um, the three years leading up to the diagnosis. I was, you know, eating a standard American diet and then the pendulum would swing to cleansing and cleaning, clean eating. And then it would go back to organic standard American diet. And then it would go back to cleansing and clean eating. Okay. Right. So what, what was I eating when I wasn't cleansing and doing the, you know, the pure superfoods and all that? I was eating pork, oh. dairy, fried foods, sugar, caffeine, and alcohol. 
And I don't want to vilify any, any one of those things, but altogether for me, it was no bueno. You know, it just wasn't good for me to be doing all those things. So when I got the cancer diagnosis, it was like a massive stop sign. Stop what you're doing, Stephanie Dawn. Stop eating the way that you've been eating. Stop living the way that you've been living. Stop trying to ameliorate the separation and this marriage that is not going to, you know, it's not going to turn around. Um, you know, <laughs> you can't expect the things that didn't happen in the marriage to happen in the separation, right? You and I have talked about this. And so, <laughs> so, um, so I just had to really look at like all these things that I really needed to stop and, and choose me, like you were saying, right. I just did a reel about it on Instagram about choosing me. So it's so great that you said that. Cause I really did have to choose me and I still need to choose me over and over and over again, you know, because it's a daily practice choosing yourself. Right. Wendy. So, so I've been doing all these things for the last two and a half years and I've been working with a naturopath and, um, Last spring, she could not find any um, metastatic cancer cells in my body at all. And I just got a confirmation again uh, in, um, uh, in January that again, she can't find any cancer in me whatsoever. She, she doesn't want to say I'm cancer free because when you have tumors, you're still, you still like have cancer, they say, but the cancer, the, the nature of the, the tumors has, has altered. It's transformed to become benign. And I truly feel like I'm not in any danger. I've never really felt like I'm in danger, Wendy. Like, I think here's a really key piece that I want to share with you. And, cause I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. So, you know, in our work as practitioners of truth, we work to dismantle fear and to, and to replace it with love, right? So when I received the, uh, the breast cancer diagnosis, I was afraid for like two minutes, you know, I can remember being on the phone with my sister and crying and I'm like, Oh, I don't want to lose my hair. You know, (laughs) I I don't want to die. I don't want to lose my hair. I don't want to die. Right. You know, cause that's what a cancer diagnosis is like, do you want to live or do you want to die? Right. So I was afraid for maybe two minutes. And then I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I remembered who I was. I remembered what I know. I remembered my tools, right? To support myself in understanding that uh, just because the world around me is afraid for me about this cancer diagnosis, like I do not need to fear anything ever, let alone cancer, okay? And God is with me now with the appearance of cancer in my body. And I say the appearance of cancer in my body because I know that just as uh, cancer can appear, cancer can disappear and does every single day. And I could say a lot more about that. So I'm, um, you know, I brought who I was, who I am to the table of the cancer diagnosis. And I really um, was, you know, get thee behind me, cancer. (laughs) Yeah. no power over me. You have no dominion over me and I will not let you take my life. And Mm -hmm. so here's what we're going to do instead. And I basically just told cancer what we're going to do. You know, I told God, I told the universe. I'm like, this is what we're going to do instead. And so that's what I'm still doing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, rock on, rock on with your bad self because it, it, it works. And it's worked and I'm, you know, it's, it's over, it's just, I'm overjoyed to, to bear witness to your journey, 21 days without food, 21 days, just 
water. Yeah. You know, I mean, you really went for it. And what's so important in what you're saying has to do with our consciousness and and you know in the common ver vernacular it's mindset i like to call it mind shift because mindset's very fixed but if you have a mind shift which is something that i i teach in the awakened mother academy is really the opportunity to transform the, you know, because we're not responsible for the 60,000 thoughts that course through our awareness. But like the old koan says, you can't stop the birds from flying around your hair, but you can stop them from making a nest in your hair metaphor for the thoughts. Yeah. So you, because you know that you have dominion over your thoughts, you are like, get thee behind me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Wendy, I know that we are free beings in our, you know, in our, in our essential nature. And I just wasn't going to let the fear get me, you know? And of course people really, they learn no shortage of people that want to throw their fear on you. With the cancer diagnosis. Oh my goddess. I, I had to do the practice that I've done for so many years in my own, you know, spiritual practitioner workshops and what have you, you know, to create that energetic um, ball of light around me. It's like, yeah, I don't need your negative story about your dad that passed away from cancer because he, you know, tried the natural route. Like, I don't need your negativity. I don't need your fear. I don't need your opinion about you th really think I should be doing chemotherapy. I don't, here's what I need you to do. I need you to love and support me and say, what do you think is best for you, Stephanie Dawn? That's what I need. That's what I need. You know, so I got really clear about what I needed and what I didn't need. And, you know, little by little, the peanut gallery started falling away in terms of the naysayers. Right. And, and the people that really understood, you know, the sovereign nature of being, of living, of being a human being, um, were, were supportive in saying, you might want to look at this, you might want to look at that, you know, they, they'd make recommendations or referrals, and I appreciated those, and many of them, um, you know, not all of them, but many of them I, I took heart to, I took note of, and, and, and applied if it felt resonant, you know. What a courageous journey. I remember years ago when I had a very dear uh, friend of mine, daughter of, of a former colleague of mine in the PR world, who was uh, diagnosed with uh, cancer, uterine cancer, if I remember correctly. And uh, she strove, you know, so diligently to, to address this. And, and, and when I would pray with her, somehow the words of the cancer, the coach there, because what you're speaking to on so many levels, which I had a dialogue with somebody recently about cancer is that there it, it's, there's a, a spiritual malady with not making anyone wrong at all. There's nothing wrong, but that decision that you made to allow yourself to apply spiritual principles that led you to actions, right? I shall not be moved. I will not move until I am moved through. You had 
the wherewithal to say, yeah, I'm getting off this train. It's yeah. there if I want to get back on it, yeah. but I'm going to go on this one and here's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And so what's curious to me, I think about this a lot is the spiritual journey. That was, you know, what you've been through was a huge dark night of the soul Yeah, that was supported by spiritual practices. So let me ask you, what did you learn and how did you minister to yourself in those moments when maybe you weren't feeling so great? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, uh, learning how to ask for help has been a huge part of this, Wendy, and receiving it. Yeah. Um, so reaching out for help because you know me when, like, I was like, you know, just all systems go thoroughly modern Millie. I got it. I can handle it. Like I got the power, right? Like that's me. I'm really confident and I I can do whatever I set my mind to. Right. So, um, it was, um, humbling to receive the diagnosis. It was humbling to ask for help. It was definitely humbling to ask for money. Uh, I did have a GoFundMe and I received uh, an incredible financial outpouring from friends all over the world and even people that I didn't know. That was incredibly humbling. So I learned how to ask for help. I learned how to prioritize myself as we've spoken of. I learned how to apply my tools, my practitioner tools, my spiritual tools in a whole new way. Mm. Um. Because it was a dark night of the soul, Wendy. I did. I, I, I've never been someone who. I've never had like existential angst of any kind. Mm, wow. No. And I never suffered from depression either. And so I couldn't really relate to people who did. Mm. Or who were. And so that's changed. That has changed. Um since the diagnosis, um, because now I have experienced mild depression. Mm. I have experienced existential angst and I have questioned my own existence, you know, Mm. should I stay or should I go? And obviously I've chosen to stay, (laughs) but I'm cognizant of the fact that I could have chosen to go and I still can. I still can. I've learned that I do not fear death at all. In fact, I welcome it when it's my time. I welcome it because I I know who I am and I know that who I am is not just this body, okay? And I've had enough meditations I've had enough experiences to understand myself as light, as source, as God. I truly think that that is the purpose of meditation, to be honest, is to move beyond um, the human body and to go into that, you know, that um, limitlessness (laughs) that exists 
beyond, right? Yeah. And we know ourselves as the divine. I think that. So uh, I, I took myself to new heights with my meditations, um, silent meditations, as well as uh, got deeply, deeply involved with the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's I'm a big fan of. Um, his books are excellent. And they're not only excellent for what I've been through, Wendy, but they're excellent for what we're going through globally with COVID-19, you know, because uh, what we see is, is similar to what you see in the, uh, the, the uh, cancer world is a world gone mad by fear, right? It's the same in the cancer world. Can the cancer world, the allopathic cancer business, let's just say, leverages our fear against us, okay? They, they, they leverage it against us to profit from us. And so I wasn't about to let that happen. Um, and I have constantly had to work with my consciousness, not so much around fear, but just around applying all the incredible tools that I know as a practitioner and also that I deepened with Dr. Joe Dispenza to really recognize and realize that I'm a creator. I I'm creating my reality every single day. Mm -hmm. And just the way, you know, I let the appearance of cancer in and I can make it go away too. I'm that powerful. I am that powerful. And I'm not special. I'm not special. Anyone can do this. That's what Dr. Joe teaches. That's what Reverend Michael teaches, right? Like we're not special. Anyone can do this but you must apply yourself. You must do the work. And so, you know me when, like, I've just been willing to do the work all these years. You, you know, you have prayed with me every step of the way. Thank you. I could cry actually <laughs> just how much you've been there for me to support me in my journey. You've been amazing. You've been absolutely amazing. And I've, I've leaned on you and others in my field, in my sphere uh, to carry me you know, when I couldn't do it for myself. So leaning into your people, you know, and, and really allowing oneself to be supported and loved and cared for, like that has been so important to me and recognizing that, okay, so allopathy is not my jam. What is my jam? And calling on, you know, my prayer to God has been, okay, God, bring me the healers that I need to heal my body. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happened. When I first moved here to Bainbridge Island, I was like, you know, show me, um, sorry, what time out? Uh, just pause for one second. I'll be sure. right back. I have to get my charger. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nothing like, uh, nothing by, like spontaneity. <laughs> all good. All good. So when you got to Bainbridge Island. Yeah. I said, okay, God, send me the healers, show me the healers. And I found them all. Wow. I found them all. So I found my naturopath. I found my chiropractor. I found my acupuncturist. I found my masseur, multiple masseurs actually. Um, and various others, you know, um, pr practitioners of essential oils and energy healers. And, you know, and then of course I have my whole community down in California and various others throughout the world. So it's, you know, it's been, um, yeah, I, I, I just, I feel blessed that I've been able to really do this, you know, to be able to, to, to walk the path that is my path. 
might not be anyone else's path, you know, but it's my path. And who knows, maybe it can help someone. Well, Carlene said that your story is very inspiring. I'm so yeah. glad. I'm so yeah. glad. Carlene. And it is. And it's very inspiring. And it's such a testament to the power of our consciousness and the application of spiritual principles that lead, guide, and direct us into making certain choices. Mm -hmm. And when I hear about the fear, I totally understand that. And I understand about the compassion that was fostered within you as a result of, I don't know if you were brought to your knees. I know I, I remember when I was uh, diagnosed with what I was diagnosed with, I had been on my knees. And, and so it also created an enormous compassion for me. And, and the question of what, what do I believe is true? And, uh, and that is, um, for some of us, that is our entry point into uh, more ascension, into an awakening. I mean, we can go by, you know, what you said about um, being in your essence light, that you're light or that you're more, you're more than your body. Uh, it reminds me, I just read something recently by Thich Nhat Hanh, the great Vietnamese um, teacher and monk, and he was talking in reference to death, and he was saying, if if you if you think that I'm gone, then you don't know me. If you look at me and you just see me gone, that's not it. I am in the person next to me. I am in the person walking down the street. So it, it was it was very beautiful in terms of the physical death. And it was so instructive in terms of our eternal spirit lives on and the choice. He was, he was, you know, up quite up there in numbers. And what I heard you say is you welcome death when it's your time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When it's my time. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, as a co-creator of this life, like I'm going to, know when it's my time you yes. know and I got really clear this is not my time I have work to do I have children to parent you know I have a mission you know I'm very mission driven and I I'm uh, and I, I also recognize Wendy that I'm a leader in my field like I mm -hmm. own that I own the leader that I am and I own that there are many people looking up to me right now for my leadership mm -hmm. And if I go away, you know, another leader might step in, but there's value in what I'm doing every day right now in terms of my work and my, my activism and my voice. And so I'm going to keep speaking up and I'm going to keep educating and I'm going to keep sharing my story. And, you know, that's why I made the, this course is because I knew my path was not common. And I knew that uh, I'd had to make some really difficult decisions. And I thought, well, maybe I can save women some time, energy, and money uh, by sharing my story and some of the resources that I have to, um, uh, you know, to, to see if this path is right for them, right? Okay. So 
that's why I that's why I made the course. Uh, I really wanted to uh, to I want women to know that they have options. Yes. You don't have to cut off your breasts if you don't want to. In fact, I think that cutting off our breasts is barbaric. I don't think it's right at all. I don't think it's the answer. And what I've heard from many of my friends who have done that is that the cancers come back. If you don't address the terrain, the inner terrain of the body and the inner terrain of the mind, then you know, the, the body will bring back the cancer. So I don't believe we have to cut off our breasts. Uh, I, I believe that whatever, whatever path you choose, you have to believe in that path. It's really crucial, right? It's like when you read, you are the placebo by Dr. Joseph Dispenza, you'll see how important the mind is. Yes. Oh so important. It's so important. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's as important as any other, you know, drugs or, or, or naturopathic medicine that you might take. So, yeah. We, we have so much to talk about. There's so much more to explore. And I'm so appreciative of you, Steph. And I am continually inspired and grateful for your courage, for your willingness to share your journey. You know, the, there's the ancient wisdom saying that when you learn, you teach, you know, yeah. our, our awakening, you know, the reason I do and you do what we do mm -hmm. is because we feel compelled yeah. to help uplift and inspire humanity especially women and mothers. And so, um, because women and mothers are the, are the segment of population that globally is diminished and loses sight yeah. of yeah. their extraordinary, exquisite power, yeah. not perfect, yeah. but power, the, the ability to bring forward life and to sustain life. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about, you know, creator, I think about, again, I think about another aspect of being an awakened mother is recognizing that you're a conscious creator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that conscious. You, I mean, the law we know. So for those that are, are listening, we're, we're talking um, spiritual principles. So the, the universe, there are laws in the universe that are continually in operation. They are impersonal. Anyone can use them, whether you deem them a good person or not a good person, whatever that means, people can use the law and you can use it consciously and intentionally, or it can be used unconsciously and unintentionally. And so the opportunity to witness you <laughs> aligning with your soul's truth and um, thank you, Carlene. And the opportunity to really stand firm in I shall not be moved. And the other thing before we, we close, there, there's so many nuggets mm. that I, I want to harvest with you. And I'm aware that our time is at an end. Briefly, my impression is that your experience brought you greater self-love. Would that be accurate? 
Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I recognize with the cancer diagnosis that after, after all these years of teaching self-love, practicing yeah. it or thinking I was practicing it, um, there was a refinement and there was an up-leveling of, uh, of my ability to love myself in new and greater ways. And, uh, and so that comes through too, in my course, because how could it not, you know, it's like, it's to me, self-love is just, it's the heart of everything. Uh, it's the heart of everything, uh, in terms of our relationship to, to spirit. And so in a relationship to self, so yes, spot on. Thank you. Well, I've heard you talk about the course and I do know about how fabulous your course is. So will you let people know how they can connect with you if mm -hmm. they want to learn more? Yeah, just go to my website, stephaniedon.com and you'll see under the health tab, there is the courses there. And you'll also see that I do not mince words and <laughs> in terms of what I have to say about the allopathic business um, that is known as our healthcare, health sick care system. Um, you know, we have to become our own doctors, Wendy, and um, we have to learn about the power that we have to nourish our bodies in ways that create health. And that's what I've done, you know, and that's what I'm endeavoring to do in this course. And so the course is, um, it's four weeks long and it's just, I hold the hands of the women that maybe they don't know that they have a diagnosis. They suspect that they might, or they just want, you know, anti-cancer support and resources. Everyone's welcome. So thank you. Thank you, beloved Stephanie Dawn, for being yeah. here with us. And thank you for all who, uh, who is listening to this and for those who have shown up to be with us. I appreciate you. And remember always that you are powerful beyond measure, loved beyond description, and a force for good in the world. So go forth and multiply your magnificence. I, Reverend Wendy Silvers, am here for you to support you. I will make sure in the liner notes, you know how to connect with Stephanie. And I will make sure that you have all the details about the Awakened Mother uh, programs. Go forth and have a wonderful day. Peace and many blessings. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Steph. <laughs> Bye.